Galaxy Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. And uh, normally, Matt Dudek, who you find, would find here on uh, Twitter at HorizonMatt, is not joining us today. He'll be back with us uh, next week. But you can find him on Twitter, obviously, HorizonMatt. And you can find us on Twitter at HorizonRT. You can follow us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And today, um, I have been looking forward to this for a while, uh, ever since the hires came uh, came about. But finally, I at long last uh, have we have with us the new head coach at Cleveland State, Danielle Robinson. Coach Robinson, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Bob, thanks for having me. I've been uh, ex- excited to be here in Cleveland and uh, look forward to spending this time with you today. Awesome. So I want to jump right into it. Um, usually one of the things we always ask coaches about their own coaching influences, and with this I want to ask specifically about Porter Mosier. Um, a lot of us Horizon League fans know about him, obviously, because he was with a, a coach, he was coach of Loyola, who used to be in the Horizon League. As someone who worked with him at a number of stops in college basketball, how has he influenced your own coaching journey? And coach Moser has been... Uh, probably the most influential uh, coach that uh, I've worked with. Uh, I started with him as a GA at Arkansas Little Rock, and I went on with and spent four years with him at at Illinois State, and then we were able to reconnect um, when I got back with him at Loyola, Chicago. And uh, he's been a great mentor to me over the years. Um, he is um, not only a great basketball coach, but, um, you know, just a, a guy that is uh, really, man, just fair. He is, um, he is a, a family man. Uh, he does everything, um, you know, and, and with the, the student athlete's best interest in mind. And uh, he is just a great developer of, of, of men. And I'm uh, grateful for the opportunity that he provided me when I first got into, into the profession. Um, I know you've made uh, multiple stops in your in your coaching career. Uh, you have the you have the distinction of uh, having been at Iowa State not once but twice. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about your most recent experience with Iowa State, uh, particularly uh, your role in establishing the Big 12 Black Assistant Coaches Association. Uh, tell me about how that got started and how it's grown over the past two years. Wow. So, uh, yeah, my time at Iowa State was, was great. Um, Ames is a great place to raise a family. Uh, the fan base is, is awesome. Uh, the Big 12 is is a, a really exciting league, and um, you know how the how the uh, Black Assistant Coaches Alliance came about was uh, during the during the pandemic. You had the um, George Floyd uh, killing, and we were all uh, just restricted from leaving the house, right? During mm-hmm. that time, it would have been, you know, you would have been on the road recruiting. It was during the middle of March. It was, you know, you would have been ramping up for an April, uh, for an April recruiting period, um, getting, you know, your spring signing together, all those type of things. But we were restricted and we were in the house because of the pandemic. 
and you had all these uh, social things that uh, came about and um, just through you know uh, communicating with some of the other assistant coaches and and talking to them throughout the league and seeing how are they supporting you know their student athletes so we were uh, we decided to jump on a zoom and talk about different ways we can support our, our athletes and um, you know one thing led to another and we we talked about um, you know we came up with the mission of, of serving our student athletes of supporting them of unifying uh, and also educating because when things happen uh, when things happen such as you know you see a, a, a person of color getting pulled over by the by the police and, and then they, they lose their life, right? That's, you know, that's not right. And for our student athletes, a lot of those guys were struggling with understanding, man, what's going on? And, you know, we talked to them about it's okay to, uh, you know, have emotion, okay? Now, what, what are some steps that we can do moving forward after something happens like that and how do you move forward how do you educate yourself and so what we did was we partnered with our student athlete development programs on each campus and we had at the time we came up with four initiatives um and one during that time was uh, voter registration voter empowerment and helping our young people understand how to um make change right and, and one way is our civil duty to, to vote and educating them on the voting process. Uh, then we did a police partnership. So we, what, what each institution did was um, we got together with our local police department or we brought in, uh, we would brought, bring in um, a police chief and talk to our, our, our student athletes about you know the position of a police officer when uh, they they are they come come up on uh, an event and what their mindset is and then so that's where dialogue started where guys got a chance to do some uh, they did some reenactments and they did some uh, demonstrations and stuff like that so kind of got us stimulated and got guys talking about hey how can we um, what are some proper things to do if you happen to get pulled over or, you know, in certain situations. So those were just a couple. And we, and one of the other things that we, we did uh, partnering with our student athlete development was uh, financial literacy. And uh, we went through a financial literacy program with each one of our student athletes and just talked to them about the basic fundamentals of saving, investing, uh, and, and those type of things and credit. And so all those things were very, beneficial in how we could help serve our student student athletes and um, and uh, we were able to continue to do those things the last couple of years and uh, it's you know it's funny we have this call today because I just uh, spoke with some of the other assistants in that league uh, just over the weekend and yesterday about continuing the mission in the Big 12 with that assistant coaches alliance. I was actually about to ask about that uh, that and uh, 
as you transition into uh, the head coaching job at Cleveland State, have you um, ha- have you been thinking about um, doing some similar initiatives with with your your current roster? With our with our current roster, that is something that we we will definitely um, you know partner with our student athlete development here. Uh, we'll get out in the community, um, and we will do uh, several things to you know just help our student athletes grow outside of what we're doing on the court. We demand so much from them uh, from a basketball standpoint. Their academic schedule is, is very, um, very rigorous. And outside of basketball, we want to help them understand that uh, and help them be a part of our community and let them know that they're a big part of our community and so we're going to do several things uh, with our student athletes as uh, we continue to. We, we're going to get going here in the fall when classes start. All right, all right. Uh, shifting over to uh, shifting over to the roster itself. Uh, I want to start out by talking about Snyder Johnson. Obviously, he's been a staple of the Cleveland State roster, and he's been a defensive yeah. force. He's he's especially over the last two years. He's been the off. He's uh, been on the Horizon League All Defensive Team twice in the last uh, as many years. How is important is how important is it to have him as a part of this lineup this season? He he may be our most important player um, because of how we want to play. And I tell you something about Spider. Uh, when I first uh, he was the one of the first guys I met with uh, after I got the job. I met with the team. We had the team meeting. The very next morning, he was the first player that I met with. And one thing I learned about Spider through that meeting and since we've been together uh, the last few months is, you know, his commitment level to Cleveland State. uh, Because you look at it, he's been through, uh, I'm his third coach. Mm -hmm. And he did not waver when I came in. He didn't waver. He was here. Uh, he got his degree this summer, and he he's all about Cleveland State, uh, and he's all about um, continuing on uh, the success that uh, that we've had here the last couple of years. And he's going to be a huge anchor to that. I envision uh, Spider as a potential defensive player of the year, all league defensive player. Um, a guy that will be nationally one of the best defenders in the country. Uh, at his size, he is a rim protector. He's a great rebounder. He can switch one through five. Uh, and his basketball IQ is very, very high. And um, he's a calming force on our team. And I'm expecting and looking forward to coaching him and expecting big things from uh, from Spider Johnson this year. And then uh, uh, you got another. You have another uh, a starter from last season, Deshaun Parker. He filled the role of point guard last season um, when mm-hmm. Craig Bodwan went down. Filled it very well. Coming into the season, um, do you see him run? Uh, do you, what What do you see from him running the point this uh, upcoming mm-hmm. season? Well, uh, one of his greatest attributes is his ability to communicate, and that's what you need from a point guard to start with, right? He is definitely, coaching is definitely in his future. Uh, He understands exactly what our team needs when we need it, 
Uh, he is uh, our, our vocal leader. Uh, he comes in. He works. He's one of our uh, top three hardest workers. Um, I'm looking forward to him uh, running our team, uh, being a guy that we can rely on, being an extension of our staff out on the court. And on the defensive side, I think he can bring a little bit more physicality and ball hawk uh, out there uh, from a defensive perspective. Um, the other, uh, also, you have you have Yael Hill. Um, he was an essential. Mm-hmm. He was a central ro- rotation guy. He was a. Uh, he was usually the first guy off the bench. You know, um, had not been. Uh, De- I make the argument that had not been for Deontay Billups over at uh, Purdue Fort Wayne, he'd definitely been in the discussion for Sixth Man of the Year last season. Coming into this season, um, will he be in the starting lineup, or will he continue to play that Sixth Man role? Yeah. Well, you know. He is. I mean, he's going to be a, a big part of what what we do here because of his experience, because of his ability to uh, create shots for himself, create shots for others. He um, he is really good, um, as I'm sure you've seen over the, over the last um, couple years. Uh, he he is really good at creating his own shot, and um, he can score in bunches. Uh, so he's going to be there to compete for um, starter minutes, and um, he's another guy that is, you know, his commitment to Cleveland State, uh, all five of the guys that that, um, that we retain, uh, Spider, Deshaun, Yael, Jason Woodridge, and Cole Middleton, uh, those guys have been um, great for our team, great for our culture. Um, they've allowed our transition to be um, as smooth as it can be, uh, and and Yael was a big part of accepting, um, you know, the us as a coaching staff coming in, uh, changing things and a little bit, and 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 so we expect uh, big things from him as well. Yeah. Um, glad you brought up uh, uh, Woodr- uh, Jason Woodridge and Cole Milton. I want to uh, talk about them in a little bit, but I wanted to ask about um, obviously as um, as college basketball has changed, you you see the impact of the transfer portal, and you know, new coaches like yourself um, find themselves in in the position of having to essentially re-recruit uh, the players that are currently on the roster. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, did you experience some of that similar? Uh, did you experience that uh, set and? Um, you know how how was that uh, how was that conversation how are those conversations uh, not just with the returnees because obviously you had Raymar Pryor mm-hmm. uh, who committed prior to your hire but then recommitted to Cleveland State um, mm-hmm. kind of walk walk us through kind of the, the process of you know that uh, you know being able to to, to keep these uh, keep these uh, key pieces and in, into the mix at Cleveland State. Yeah, so I think uh, being able to keep the five guys that uh, were here last year and then also uh, having the opportunity to um, get uh, Raymar on, continue, keep his commitment here, um, part of that was a huge part of it was how Dennis Gates ran his program. The culture and uh, the way these guys conducted themselves gave me the opportunity to come in and establish a relationship, share my vision with them, and then 
have dialogue for those guys to understand why Cleveland State is the best place for them moving forward with their basketball career and then continuing on to get their degree. So uh, the, the culture that Dennis uh, established here, he and his staff established here, was second to none. And the character in which uh, these players uh, have and, and the way they conduct themselves is a tribute to, to him and his staff. So that part, the guys that um, you know came in with an open mind, the guys that um, you know that stayed were the right guys that stayed. And um, like I said, being able to get a young, talented guy, local guy like Raymar was huge. Um, as for Jason Woodridge, obviously I'm gonna uh, get back to him. Um, he was also another big rotational piece. He was he was basically the, he was the team's primary threat from deep. CSU fans, I suspect, will be looking for at him as a pri- uh, to step up his scoring this year. Is that something that you're looking for as well? Yes, I think that's a natural progression for him. Uh, you know, he's been in the program a couple years now. Um, this summer, he had a really good summer shooting the ball. Uh, he's in really good shape. Uh, he's also a guy that um, has shown uh, his ability to uh, communicate. He's vocal. Uh, so I think for him, it's a natural progression for him to play a bigger role uh, than what, what, he, what he's done in the past. And then there's Cole, there's Cole Middleton. Um, obviously, he was on the roster last season, but he didn't play because he was a red shirt. I know at least a couple – last year, I know there was at least a couple of preseason publications that were looking at him as a freshman to watch. Where do you see him contributing the most? Well, he's, you know, just his physicality. His physicality, his ability to rebound. He's an undersized guy, but he, but he has uh, got so much room to grow. Uh, but he, his physical stature and his, he has the ability to rebound. So he's a guy that uh, will be able to, I think, rebound the ball early on in his career. And, you know, he's a perfect player to continue because of his work ethic, because of his character. Um, he's a guy that will continue to grow in our program. Uh, he's, he's everything that we want our student athletes to represent. Now, looking at uh, some of the new faces on the roster, uh, one of the first guys you brought in was is a familiar face to you in uh, Tristan Enaruna. Um, mm-hmm. He was with you at Iowa State. Now, he's a player who actually intrigues me. Um, he's a, uh, an ex-four-star recruit. Um, he, to me, actually possesses some of the similar qualities as some of the more prominent uh, Horizon League transfers um, in the past. Given the talent that, that earned him, obviously, some higher marks as a recruit out of high school, what can we expect from him as a part of this squad? Yeah, so uh, Tristan definitely is a guy that, uh, you know, I'm familiar with. I coached him all last year, worked with him every single day. Uh, Tristan is an outstanding person. He's a a high academic guy, a guy with high character. When it comes to basketball, Tristan is an exciting athlete. Um, He's going to continue to develop. Uh, He will be able to expand his role here. Uh, I, I foresee him expanding his role here. At Cleveland State, uh, he's a guy that can rebound. He's one of the best cutters 
uh, and he will be able to finish. And he has perimeter skills, so he is a developing player that I look forward to him flourishing uh, in our league and and in our system. And he's a guy that is, like I mentioned before, high character, and he is a great teammate. Yeah. All right. Um, I wanted to uh, also I wanted to talk uh, about the junior college guys that you brought in. You brought in uh, you brought in Tay Williams, and then you brought in Jameer Price, who, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is a uh, went to high school at your alma mater at uh, Rock Island. If I'm not mistaken, a lot of Rock Island pride there, Bob. A lot of Rock Island pride. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So with Price, uh, I, my uh, my question is, how how many stories about Rock Island did you guys get into when you were uh, talking about uh, him coming into Cleveland State? Gotta ask. Yeah. Well, once uh, you know, once we found out uh, that he was uh, still in the market, and we did a little research, um, man, I started connecting the dots and and. I spoke with uh, his his high school coach. Now we didn't share the same high school coach, but Coach Siegel, the guy that coached him, has since uh, since retired. But Coach Siegel said nothing but great things about him. And then once we got on the phone and we made some connections, uh, you know, I felt like man, uh, Jameer would be like family. And uh, he, you know, he's a great young man. And um, He's a really hard worker, and, and he will be able to bring uh, some perimeter depth. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that we'll, we'll have for multiple years. But um, it was great to um, get that connection and with to go along with his ability to have a guy that you're familiar with that, you know, I, I uh, know a ton of the same people that, you know, that uh, has been in his life. And so I'm excited to be able to coach him. And then there, then there's Tay Williams um, from John A. Logan College. Um, you know, a bigger guy, yeah. uh, definitely a contributor around the boards. Um, as far as he's concerned, where do you, uh, especially uh, where do you see him specifically on the front court? Because he obviously he's made some contributions and he was at Tennessee Tech for a year. Yeah, so, so Tay's a perimeter guy that, um, has a, a great first step. He's high. He's a really good athlete, uh, really good in transition. Uh, and on the defensive end, uh, he will be getting in pass lanes, uh, deflecting passes, and then he is, uh, he's got a knack to rebound the ball. So he'll help us. Uh, he's a versatile player. He can play multiple positions, uh, and he'll be able to help us, um, along with, uh, you know, in, in the backcourt as well on our front court when we go small. And then of course you got the, then of course you have the, the, the freshman coming in. We talked a little bit about Raymar Pryor. Um, but then you also have uh, Deuce Drake from, uh, from Ferndale high school up in Michigan. And then you have Dylan Arnett, uh, from, from the Chicago area. And, uh, Dylan Arnett is a little, uh, a little familiar to us. Uh, he's, he was, uh, he was his name was uh, pa- uh, bounced around at some other uh, Horizon League schools. So he's very familiar with uh, uh, what the Horizon League is all about. As far as uh, those freshmen are concerned, uh, what, uh, do how how do you see them fitting into the mix uh, mm-hmm. with this particular rotation, especially yeah. when you when you so, have uh, quite a few of, of the veterans, um, you know, front loaded. Yeah, what what I like about our freshmen are, I mean, those guys are hungry. Um, they have talent 
and they're like sponges, right? I asked them, you know, when we recruited them, and we, you know, we talked to them about uh, role defining roles for them. We talked about being a sponge and learning and soaking soaking in everything they can uh, from our older guys and and be competitive. And they they all have a competitive spirit. They all have talent, uh, and I think um, be a great opportunity for them to grow in our program. Uh, they are all three of those guys are high character young men, and uh, I look forward to teaching and working with those guys every single day. And given that kind of diversity of the roster, because you have you have a good mix of veterans, JUCO transfers, uh, true freshmen, mm-hmm. and of course you have Enaru, the, the the one transfer. Um, looking at that roster as a whole, how do you feel that that mix will impact the performance on the court? Yeah, so I think, you know, a, a roster, being able to put together a roster is not just accumulating talent, right? I think it's, uh, through, through my experiences, it's been the rosters that have um, fit. And, you know, when you're, they fit the right thing, these guys are about the right things. I think they all have a, a little bit of chip on their shoulder. I think that, these guys are all guys that um, have won in the past, guys that come from winning programs, uh, guys that have low ego and have performed at a high level. So I'm looking forward to continuing to uh, build build with these guys and help them uh, come together as a team uh, because we have basically seven new guys. and then we have the five guys that return. And so being able to get those guys on the same page uh, and blend this group together will be the challenge. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, your staff. Obviously, you have uh, a couple of familiar faces. Um, Jermaine Henderson, obviously, uh, somebody that we're familiar with at Cleveland State, and by we, I mean Cleveland State fans, um, <laughs> uh, where Jermaine Henderson, obviously, was uh, was a part of Gary Waters' staff the last couple seasons. Um, you have Travis Lewis as a holdover from last season who was, uh, who was uh, part of the coaching staff. How important was it to get guys, uh, uh, and I'm sure, obviously, you're, you're familiar with Coach, uh, Coach Henderson, uh, given that he was at mm-hmm. K-State last season. Um, yeah. How important was it to get, uh, you know, to get a good mix of, you know, individuals that uh, that the that the that the players are going to be uh, comfortable with, uh, on top of their their overall uh, knowledge of the game. Yeah. Well, when when we set out to uh, you know put the staff together, we wanted to look for guys that were passionate about young people, guys that were great teachers, great communicators, and highly organized. Um, we wanted guys with integrity, great character. Um, guys that were self-starters and guys that would be very, very loyal. And all I feel like I hit home run in every aspect of that. Um, you know, starting with Travis Lewis. Travis Lewis was on staff here. Coach Lewis, that first 10 days when I was here, um, pretty much by myself, Coach Lewis, I knew that I wanted to move him up uh, in more of a prominent role. I didn't know exactly if, if I was going to have him as an assist, full-time assistant, but after about day five and I saw the passion that he brought, um, his ability to communicate with the players that were here, everyone was fun- funneling into his office 
we started workouts and he he jumped out there with his energy and his ability to um, communicate to the guys what what he and I talked about for for workouts. Um, man, I said I want him as an assistant. He would be a great representative of our program. Uh, Jermaine Henderson, Coach Henderson, like you mentioned, he he spent time here. Uh, I've known him through the coaching ranks, um, dating back to my time at Arkansas Little Rock. Um, all the way to Illinois State. Um, his reputation is impeccable. Um, some of the things that he did at K-State with the student there in terms of his development um, and what he did, um, what he brought to the table X and O's wise is like having another head coach. Um, and then Jay Shunon. Uh, man, he's another young coach that has a lot of experience already he's been in the big 10 big east he's been in the nba and he's known for his player development his ability to um work guys out and develop them on the floor what i've been most impressed with is his energy his understanding of the game and uh you know, the way he goes about it every single day. So I've been excited about those guys. And then our support staff, um, Connor uh, Murrow, was uh, a grad assistant for us at Iowa State. And he came here as our dobo, and he's doing a phenomenal job. And I was able to, to uh, have a uh, director of player development, uh, Nate Michael. He was at K-State as a GA. Um, and our assistant director of ops is... Um, is Danny, uh, Danny Carlack, and Danny has some experience as a prep school coach, and uh, he's been around the game helping us stay organized, and then also being able to grab a special assistant uh, in Coach Steve Payne has been uh, very instrumental in what we've done so far here, and he's been a great sounding board and a great mentor to our coaches and our players. So. When you look at our staff, uh, I am extremely excited because I feel like uh, when you know you have young men and you want to develop them holistically, these guys cover your bases entirely. All right. All right. Uh, moving on to the schedule, I one thing I'm impressed with because. Um, your Cleveland State was like the first team to put out its non-conference schedule, which incidentally I'm not used to. Um, uh, usually, yeah, um, and I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen a lot more yet. Um, but as far as your, uh, as far as the non-conference is concerned for mm-hmm. for Cleveland State, um, what are you looking to get? Uh, what are what are your uh, what are kind of uh, uh, what are you looking for as far as those uh, those games um, leading up to the conference schedule? Yeah, so you want to continue to develop, right? Every, I mean, we've got some early tests on the road. We've got we're at Cincinnati, we're at uh, um, Ohio, we're at Canisius, um, just right out the gate. You know, the first two weeks we're, we've got some challenges on the road, then we come back with a couple home games. And then, uh, you know, you have those two games, the two league games, early December. Uh, and for us, those will be two home games. We've got to 
you know, with your non-conference schedule, we, you want it to be competitive. Uh, you want uh, your guys to get some experience going on the road and seeing what that's like. And then uh, you also have an opportunity for, for guys to grow and develop during, during that, that early part of the season before you get to January and you hunker down on a rotation. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the conference schedule. You start out with uh, Oakland and Detroit Mercy uh, that first weekend of December. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, looking at that. When you look at the Horizon League, um, specifically, you know, obviously Detroit Mercy has Antoine Davis coming back. And then you have Oakland, not to mention Purdue, Fort Wayne, Wright State, Northern Kentucky. Um, where do you see Cleveland State situated in the conference this upcoming season? Because those 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 yeah. five teams in those five or six teams in particular, um, they yeah. they had, and I didn't even mention in Youngstown State who had an outstanding off season, um, yeah. are really going to be fiercely competitive, in, at least in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you look at the league, you look at you know we start out Oakland and Detroit, both those teams have done really well in the portal and then you also have uh, guys that have been in their program that are prominent players in the, in the league when you look at those first two their first two league games so uh, and then you you know you can just kind of go down the line like you mentioned right uh, right state you look at Fort Wayne they've done a phenomenal job they've got almost everyone back they've done a phenomenal job in recruiting Youngstown State did a really good job in recruiting um, you know, Northern Kentucky has a lot back. And then the, you look at what Milwaukee did, and, and since Coach Lundy has been there, uh, he's hit the recruiting trail very, very hard. And I, I'm sure IUPUI, um, those guys, um, you know, they got a, a transfer from San Diego. So uh, Green Bay, you know, you look at up and down the league, Robert Boris, I mean, they've got, you know, they've got a uh, spear that averaged 15 points a game last year. So, you look up and down the league, and to my estimation, it will be highly competitive from start to finish. And what we are going to be focused on at Cleveland State is our process every single day, working on getting better and competing, and then those wins will take care of themselves. Uh, one last question I want to ask you. Um, you mentioned family multiple times uh, during the interview. Uh, I wanted to ask about because uh, I understand your uh, your daughter is a uh, uh, is at the uh, part of the Wisconsin women's basketball team. Uh, sorry, volleyball team. Sorry, um, yep. spending way too much time talking about basketball. That's on me. Um, <laughs> and now I understand also uh, your son Reese is also playing at I believe Saint Ignatius this season um, basketball. Yep. All right, yep. um, the. Obviously, uh, family is important, and there seems to be a lot of, uh, uh, as far as um, you know, sports seems to be kind of the common bond um, with your family. How important, um, beyond kind of the the competitive nature of it, is you know having having the fa- having the family involved, um, not just with uh, you know their own things, but you know with what you've been doing at Cleveland State, and even you know even prior to that, your your entire yeah. coaching career. Yeah, so so Bob, I got I've got to make sure that we recognize my youngest my youngest son Reed. Right? Yes, Reed, Reed is might be the most talented guy in the family. He plays football. He's an eighth grader, plays football, and he plays basketball. 
and he's also done some uh, he's done some commercials and all that. So he's a talented wow. young man. He's a talented young man. And I, and I if Regis watching, I apologize. <laughs> I, I was, I, was I, I didn't so, know I was. I, I know he was still. I know he's still in middle school. So uh, I was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, he's a. Hey, I got. I gotta. I gotta recognize my man Reed. All right. So. <laughs> But but no, Reed uh, Reed is great. My wife Kim, um, you know, we will be celebrating our our 19th uh, wedding anniversary coming up um, the end of this month, and you know we we've, we've been uh, fortunate to be able to be at some really good places, and our family is you know through all our stops, uh, the family has been able to. Uh, stay connected. Our love for one another has been uh, the thing that has, um, you know, gotten us through the tough times. And then when we celebrate, everyone was really, really excited about uh, the opportunity to come to Cleveland State. Uh, my daughter, may she might be my biggest fan. Um, she was uh, so excited when I, I FaceTimed her and gave her the news of, of um, me getting this job here. Uh, I mean, she made me cry. She was just super excited. And, and so, you know, um, sports teach you, teaches you a lot of things. And so, um, you know, thankful that my kids are, are able to, um, you know, participate in, in their, their perspective sports. Um, and so, you know, family is huge. And my family will be around. My son, my son Reese is around here all the time, uh, you know, and uh, he's able to go um, to St. Ignatius, and they've got a uh, unbelievable uh, academic setup, and the basketball program is on the rise. So I'm excited about that for him. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, my family's a big part of of uh, what we do, what I do every day, and and um, you know just blessed to to um, to have it. Well, Coach, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Um, it was a great conversation. I, I enjoyed it. Um, hope everybody else did too. Um, but definitely, um, I, I know you're not on Twitter a lot, but I know you're at Coach underscore D underscore Rob on Twitter. Right. Well, yep. So I'm I'm, I'm definitely not the not the um, the best with with the Twitter. Um, I've got some folks helping, going to help me with that. So, you know, you'll, you'll get my, my, I'll get my Twitter game up a little bit, uh, and, uh, look forward to continuing to, uh, build, build this program off the, the foundation that, that Coach Gates, uh, left here. And, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to visit with me and I, I look forward with, with, uh, for more opportunities. All right, great, and that'll wrap it up for for this uh, this episode. Tune in next week. Uh, next week we are going to have our annual writers forum. You definitely don't want to miss that because um, we have new writers all over the place. Um, until then, HorizonRoundtable.com. That's where you can pull up all of our episodes, all of our written content. Uh, again, you can pull us up wherever podcasts are found, and you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So until next week, thank you all for listening. <laughs>